This is People Every Day. Coming up, what Angelina Jolie reveals in this week's cover story about her life as a single mom and what her kids have taught her. Plus, authorities discuss the possibility of charges after the deadly shooting on set of the film Rust. It's October 27th. Hi guys, this is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It is Wednesday, it is sunny, and I am feeling good, y'all. Well, after scouring the headlines today, I want to first get into a couple stories out of the music world that caught my eye, kicking off with Adam Levine. He is speaking out about a scary incident that occurred while he was performing with Maroon 5 this past Saturday. The band was playing a charity event at the Hollywood Bowl when a concert goer rushed the stage and grabbed Levine's arm, and in video of the incident, he was visibly shocked and mouthed the F word as security carried the person off stage. Well, he took to Instagram to explain, writing, I have always been someone that loves, respects, worships our fans. Without our fans, we don't have a job. I say that all the time. And this in response to some online who felt he was disrespecting the stage crasher in some way. He continued, I just need you guys to know I was really startled. And sometimes when you're startled, you have to shake it off and move on because I'm doing my job up there. It's what I pride myself on. One more music note for you. Singer Lord is being super candid about how hard the pandemic is continuing to be for her in a newsletter that the singer who's from New Zealand sent fans yesterday. She wrote, the pandemic has continued to make things difficult, lonely, and dangerous for absolutely everyone in varying degrees. But outside of that, 2021 has been tough in completely unexpected ways. Being away from home at a time where the country's struggling to contain the virus, feeling isolated from friends and loved ones there. She's currently in New York City, and she added that she is, quote, questioning what I'm doing and why all the time on an unprecedented level. Mm, I know she is not alone. 2021 has not been the year any of us have expected it to be. It's a good reminder to be kind to yourself and everyone as we go into these last few months. And on that note, joining me now to talk about this week's kindness issue and the issue's swoonworthy cover star is People's Editor-in-Chief, Dan Wakeford. Hi, Dan. Hi, Janine. So, I mean, it's not every day that we get Angelina Jolie to open up for an interview like this. Before we dig in, why was she your go-to for the cover of the kindness issue? This is our big issue focused on one of the most important things, kindness. And you also have a great story about the first time you guys met. So so tell me why her and, and take us into that story. Well, we've been talking to Angelina for a couple of years about whether she would like to be on the cover of the kindness issue. I think to me, Angelina's work over the last 20 years of all her humanitarian efforts and putting other people people before herself really is so intriguing and she's a great example of somebody who puts others in front of her and does such great good to the world and also I think it's very intriguing um, how motherhood changes you and makes you a kinder person. I've got a lot of friends who have said as soon as they became a parent, it changed their perspective on the world. And I was interested, um, Angelina, um, who has got such a large family, about um, whether that had affected her at all. For sure. But tell us about the, the meet cute, you and Angelina. So when I was um, sitting writing my editor's letter, um, I obviously had writer's block as everybody does, sitting there like, well, how, what should I, and then I remembered that I had met Angelina 
22 years ago, and it was when I was on a trial for my first ever job in magazines. I was a reporter, and I had an opportunity to um, try out for this new magazine in London. And they said, you've got one week, let's see what stories you can get. And I went to the premiere of uh, Mission Impossible 2, and I couldn't get anywhere near Tom Cruise, because when an American star comes into town in England, everybody wants to interview them, and I couldn't get my questions to him. So I went to the after party, and there was Angelina Jolie, and she was a big rising star at the time, sitting at dinner table and I just hated talking to celebrities at parties because you're always like you're bothering them but I walked up with my dictaphone a little 24 year old and said excuse me would you mind doing an interview with me and we sat down and she talked and she was having dinner with somebody and she was ignoring her companion and I got an interview with her and the interview went in the magazine and I got the job and that was my first job in magazines and why I'm here (laughs) sitting with you today. That is so great I love I can't believe I don't know this story already that is epic Dan. (laughs) So it, it was her kindness that helped launch my career, being generous to a reporter who was bothering her at dinner. So I thought it was very fitting and and a really good uh, round story there. For sure, for sure. Well, she said something that that really surprised me in the interview, uh, given all the incredible work she's done with the UN. She said, I don't think of myself as a kind person. Generosity of spirit, I think that's a better way of putting it. So what else did she say about her work and how her work around the world has shaped her as a person. Yeah, she said that um, her spirit has benefited her whole life from being allowed to do all these different things and be in the company of these different people, which I think is just such a remarkable perspective for us to think about. Because she's basically, she's saying that these people who are in need have actually helped her, which is a wonderful message that basically that kindness can help you and that it's contagious and it helps the world. So I was really inspired by that message as well. Uh, She also talked about being at ease in darker places, which it's it's refreshing, you know, it's for people to hear that. So how has she embraced herself and her image over the years? She's always been seen as, you know, kind of edgy. She's always had an edgy um, image, particularly at the beginning of her career, and, uh, and playing with different ideas and and dark gothic ideas. But I, th- this quote was really, really interesting. And she basically said that just because you're more comfortable in darkness doesn't mean that you're broken, that you can't always pretend that everything is shiny and bright and that like some people, it's easier for them to be um, lighter and more joyful. But for her, it's not necessarily that case and that that doesn't mean that she's broken. But it's a message that really is really intriguing. I'm the same age as Angelina. And I think as you get older, you do realise you've got to be more comfortable in yourself and don't don't care what other people think about you. And I think younger people are more comfortable with that now. And she's essentially saying that this is who I am. It's not doesn't mean that I'm broken. I'm very comfortable with who I am. For sure, for sure. So so we saw the kids at the Eternals premiere. And, and this is a lot about, you know, just what they have have given her um, in, in the world of kindness and in motherhood and all of that. So they're all grown up. What did she say about their personalities and how they've adjusted to growing up, you know, all around the world? What I found most intriguing about what she talked about parenting was she talked really brilliantly about her aim to separate her desires for who she wants her kids to be from what they're really like and to help them develop Mm. independently and let them grow on their own and for her to grow with them. And I I think it is a really interesting perspective. Mm, What's she like as a mom? 
she sounds absolutely great and so supportive. I mean, particularly what she talked about growing up with a, di- a diverse family. Um, we obviously all have diverse friends from different backgrounds. And as we grow up, we experience different things. But it kind of, it, it, it took a while for me to meet different types of people, people who've had different experiences from me. And like the fact her kids are growing up in such a diverse family and experiencing different things and seeing different cultures and, di- and, and different perspectives from a very early age is just such an amazing thing that she's uh, managing to bring to her children's lives. Oh, wow. Well, I feel like if you Google cool mom, a picture of <laughs> picture of Angelina Jolie might be right there. <laughs> so, so talk about uh, this incredible issue. Uh, she is not the only one we are spotlighting. We have essays from different celebrities about acts of kindness in their own lives. We also highlight people who are making a difference in their communities. So give us a tease of one of your faves. Well, I loved Kristen Chenoweth's story. It was just so, like, there's this fame, like, super famous Broadway and television star who's having a migraine on the street and that she experiences this stranger just notices her suffering and he just takes her home and looks after her and the safety of the idea of, like, that somebody was so kind and took time out of their day to look after a stranger was just lovely. And then we've got our Kindness Awards where you just see remarkable people that this issue is one of those issues where you you cry joyful tears as you're editing it in in your office. You're reading the stories and you're really inspired. And it's a really great issue that makes you want to be a better person and do good in the world. So um, please go out and buy it. Oh, I can't wait! I love it! I love it! Well, thank you, Dan, my, my very kind boss. I will say for being on <laughs> and, and talking through this with me. All right, thanks for having me. Take care. Next up. New updates in the deadly shooting on Alec Baldwin's Rust set and what police are saying now about the possibility of charges. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Everyone, I am back now, and we've been keeping you informed on the latest news concerning the tragic gun misfire, which happened last week on the set of Alec Baldwin's new film, Rust. As you know, Baldwin was holding the gun as it discharged and killed the director of photography, Helena Hutchins, and seriously injured the film's director, Joel Souza. In the wake of the tragedy, there have been lots of questions with very little answers. But today, there was a press conference held by the county district attorney and the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department. We learned a few more details, and here to fill us in is People.com's movies editor, Nigel Smith, and People the TV Show's correspondent, Stephanie Bauer. Let's just get into it. According to the Santa Fe County Sheriff, Adam Mendoza, we now know that the gun Alec Baldwin shot was, in fact, live ammunition. We had heard a little bit about this, but now it's confirmed. Let's listen. 
We know there was one live round as far as we're concerned on set. We're going to determine whether we suspect that there were other live rounds, but that's up to the testing. But right now, we're going to determine how those got there, why they were there, because they shouldn't have been there. Yeah, we, we've heard from, you know, different experts that say live ammunition is not even supposed to be allowed on set. So that's unbelievable. This is a set of a Western film, though guns are obviously going to be there, be used, pointed, shot, all of it. Uh, did he go into detail, Nigel, about the gun fired and the bullets? Um, not really. Um, we still have a lot of questions after this press conference because what he did confirm was that there was live ammunition on set, live rounds. Uh, he said there was one live round. Um, but in terms of whether that live round was actually in the gun that killed a cinematographer last Thursday, it, it, it's still a little unclear. He said until it's proven by the crime lab, it's a suspected live round, but it did fire from the weapon and it did cause injury. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think he's inferring that was the case. Um, but the numbers that he did list are kind of shocking. He said that there were 500 rounds of ammunition on set. I know it's a Western, so maybe that is common. Um, and that it was a mix of blanks and dummy rounds and what they're suspecting to be live rounds. So unfortunately, that's all we know so far. Um, and that's all they're really willing to tell us. Well, we know lots of cast and crew members have spoken out about the conditions on the Rust set in the wake of all that's happened. Actor Ian A. Hudson told TMZ it was, quote, life-threatening. And the gaffer, chief lighting technician, blamed the tragedy on negligence and unprofessionalism. It seems apparent that the authorities are taking these allegations seriously. Let's listen to what they said about this. I think there was some complacency on this set. And uh, I think there are some safety issues that need to be addressed by the industry and possibly by the state of New Mexico. But I'll leave that up to uh, to the industry and the state to determine what those need to be. So, Stephanie, take take me into what you've heard about the set. Well, so I flew in right after this happened and I immediately started reaching out to people that I had heard from friends of mine who were on the set as crew members. Immediately, everyone started saying off the record because they're nervous that it was so unsafe. Not one person has said, yeah, maybe it felt a little unsafe. Everyone said it was unsafe from the beginning before this even happened. And it's people truly telling me that they really had conversations on set, bringing up the crow shooting. Remember when uh, Brandon Lee died, guns were lying around. We've obtained a picture of guns just laying unattended on the table. So multiple sources that I have talked to that were on the set said they immediately felt danger. But Here's the thing, and we can get more into this, but crew members often feel like they can't speak up because it's very known that you know your role, you stay in your lane, and you're not going to go up to, say, Alec Baldwin and say, I feel unsafe, you shouldn't be doing it this way. Um, So they have been afraid. Absolutely. And you are just getting more and more insight into what was going on. I mean, the LA Times said that Baldwin's stunt double accidentally fired two rounds the Saturday before this happened, after being the being told the gun was cold. So, so Stephanie, just being on the ground, you know, has anyone mentioned rumors about, say, target practice on set? You know, when you were interviewing the cast and crew, did any of that type of stuff come up that's floating around? I have not heard that personally. When mm -hmm. I was doing my longer interviews with sources that were really scared to come out and say, 
who they were. They really want to be anonymous. That had not come out um, about any kind of target practice. However, the source that I spoke to said he found it very odd that he was walking around the side of the church. I believe it was the church building. And he picked up a bullet, uh, uh, you know, a spent bullet and, and said, well, this looks like it's, it's real. And he took a picture of it. And yeah, I believe he actually even kept it. And he thought it was very odd. He said, I didn't even know we were doing shooting in this scene, talking about the scene that was coming up. Um, so that, that's another point that I'll add is even the, the paramedic was not aware that there was going to be shooting in the rehearsal scene, which is just also dangerous. Just the proper steps for having um, firearms on set weren't taken here. Even goes down to not having an ambulance on set. If there's firearms, there should be an ambulance. Absolutely. Well, you guys, it's been a week since the incident, and I know people are starting to wonder about legal implications. So this is to both of you. Like, realistically, Alec Baldwin was the one holding the gun. Are we expecting him to face criminal charges or anyone else? Um, I'll just go based off of what the Santa Fe authorities said today, a Thursday uh, at the press conference. And they said that they're really not ready to lay any type of responsibility in the shooting so far. Um, obviously, they were asked repeatedly about whether Alec Baldwin will f- face charges because that's what everybody really wants to know. And um, they said it's just simply too early to comment um, on that. We did speak with some legal experts for this week's um, cover story. And we honestly got like a myriad of responses. And we got some lawyers saying that as an actor, um, he will likely not be charged, but as a producer that that could all change. Baldwin is one of the main producers on the film. So he does uh, potentially bear some responsibility. That was People.com editor Nigel Smith and People, the TV show correspondent Stephanie Bauer discussing the latest updates surrounding the tragic shooting on set of Alec Baldwin's new movie, Rust. For more on this story, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. This year in our kindness issue, as we talked about earlier, we are highlighting good Samaritans who put others first. And there's a guy from New York who's bringing extra joy into the lives of some dogs and their humans. 38-year-old Brian Taylor, also known as the dog father of Harlem, (laughs) took a hit last year during the pandemic when his Harlem Doggy Day Spa had to furlough its employees. One night, while listening to people cheer on first responders, he decided to use his skills for a greater cause. That's when he launched his Pup Relief Tour that offers free pet grooming services for the homeless community senior citizens, and anyone with a furry friend in need. Since then, his efforts have helped 1,500 dogs in 11 states with a team of 90 volunteers from across the country. To honor his work, People and GoFundMe have awarded him with $6,000 to support his services. Here's why he says he's committed to giving back one pup at a time. By connecting people to the love of animals, it, it sparks conversation for us to be kind to each other. So sweet. Well, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.